Welcome to the Beginner Audiophile Show, where we bridge the gap between the clueless big box stores and the snobby stereo shops. Every show is filled with gear reviews, commentary, and interviews aimed to find out what makes a real-world difference in your listening experience, how to get the most bang for your buck, and frankly, how to begin experiencing your music in the way it was intended. And now, your co-hosts, Harris Fogel and Michael O'Neill. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Beginner Audiophile. Michael O'Neill here in sunny San Diego. My lovely and talented co-host uh, reporting from L.A. today is Harris Fogel, who will be joining us in a minute. Today we are going to, after we catch up, we're going to talk about unboxing my Sonus Faber and Project gear that I got yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk about how to audition audio equipment we're going to review the One More USA Quad Driver earbuds, uh, and then we'll wrap it up with our picks of the week. So without further ado, Mr. Harris Fogel, what's up, my friend? Hello, Michael. How are you? Well, I am, well, better than you sound, I think, because it sounds like you've got a little thing you've picked up. I ha well, I had a late couple late nights. Oh. I'm, I'm visiting my sister in Los Angeles, whose main computer is running Windows 7, and I was trying to install an HP color laser printer and uninstall software that I have no idea why it was on the computer. And it ended up going for a late night art gallery opening at the LA Center for Photography, a wonderful resource in Los Angeles for photographers, followed by a Tommy Burger, followed by half an hour <laughs> of traffic. So, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, one of those long nights. I, um, yeah, it sounds like it. It's, it. It wasn't the whiskey. It was something else. It was something else. You know, there wasn't even whiskey. There wasn't that, even whiskey involved. That's what um, I mean. There was it's one beer. That bummer. was it. And uh, but you I, know, if you've been to Los Angeles, a twelve-mile drive can take an hour. So twelve. Twelve is like three hours. It's crazy there. Um, I just got back from five days in Vegas, uh, which is typically where, as you write down, I didn't do a whole lot of any partying or anything, but. The challenge for me was I uh, very badly sprained my ankle playing racquetball about 10 days ago. And, um, I mean, really enough to – it was a big deal. I was worried it was broken. And in three days at this conference, I did 46,000 steps and 24 miles. Um, you're not supposed to do that. I'm, I'm no doctor, but that's not how you take care of a swollen, sprained ankle is to walk a billion miles with it. So – uh, but I'm back now. One kind of cool thing, though, when I was uh, away is that I was in L.A. Um, in Santa Monica, and I grabbed breakfast at this place. They had a full set of Macintosh gear on the bar, sitting on the bar, like real, like, you know, a 275 amp and a, and a preamp playing the, the, the um, you know, the music in the restaurant. I'm like, that's not something you see very often. You don't see really fancy audio gear on a bar at a restaurant too often, you know? Are you with me? Did I lose you already? No. Harris, I, did, I, did, I put, did I bore no, you no, I, with that story? No, I was just thinking about somebody pouring a drink over a set of tubes on a Mac app. That would be quite the uh, tragedy. That's what I'm saying is that I, it was so hard to believe. If you guys are in the area, the place is called, um, where was I? Ingo's Tasty Diner. Ingo's Tasty Diner, and they had a, uh, whatever, C something preamp, and then a uh, seven-channel power amp that was running all the speakers in the in the place. Pretty cool, I thought. I was impressed. Yeah. 
Um, Sounds speaking good. of, how was the food, by the way? The uh, food was delish, actually, really good. Although I have to say that the previous evening, I may have had a little bit too much to drink, so it it didn't go down as well as I would like it to. You know what I mean? There was a lot of sipping on water uh, <laughs> because it wasn't awesome. Um, so yesterday, I came home from Vegas and I had these two Giganto boxes waiting for me. And they were sent to me by William Klein, who is the, what is his actual title? It's a good question. Um, he's the Sonus Faber brand manager, uh, North America. And I met him when we were at the LA Audio Show. And so I went into that room, which is Sonus Faber and Macintosh. And they're all, that company is owned by the same group, um, which is, let's see, it's, it's Audio Research, Macintosh, Prima, Wadia, Sumiko, Project, and something called WAM Townhouse. I don't know what that is, but it's this whole group. And, you know, their stuff is really high-end. You guys would know Macintosh stuff. It's the black with the kind of neon green on it. Um, but we started chatting, and we did, you know, if you guys listened to that episode from the LA Audio Show, he was one of my interviews. And we said, how can we get people to, and I think you've probably experienced this as well, Harris. I'm curious about this. When you first got into audio and you latched onto a company, did you then buy other products from that company as you got, you know, more experienced and your ear got a little better? You know, that's a good question. I think I, I did, do. but I think it started small. For instance, I remember my parents had a Gerard turntable and I had a Shure cartridge. And as I learned more, I found out I could upgrade the cartridge for like 20 bucks to one that was much better. So I remember buying another Shure. And then I had a choice to upgrade that to something better. And I went to a better Shure. And it wasn't until I got my own turntable that I thought, well, hey, I should look at other cartridges like Ornithorn or, you know, Grado or um, Dynavec or people like that. But I, I think, yeah, I was pretty loyal. And I've been pretty loyal like with headphones, because you come to kind of appreciate a certain sonic signature that you like. Right. So who's, who's your headphone? <clears throat> well, now, it's all complicated, because, you know, when I was in high school, I had a pair of Cost Pro 4As, you know, which were the these heavy green monsters, and um, they were really uncomfortable, but those were the standard, and I worked at a radio station, and everybody had those cans on their head, and it had a little microphone boom that screw onto it but now i don't know you know i mean we're, we're talking about these very inexpensive quad you know one more earphones are fantastic i'm a real i really love edemotic products because mm. i think they're incredibly well balanced and probably one of the best bargains you can buy and they're also the originator of the field um mm. you know it wasn't until a couple of years ago that any of us that really playing with planar magnetics because they were just too crazy you know, they look like that's giant like a, like a magnapan speaker, but it's in a it's in a headphone, right? Yeah, yeah. These kind of square, so we, they almost look like I don't know, like a sheet of aluminum foil or something, and they're in a headphone form. But they used to, but now you know, Oppo PM3s that really changed the game. They're yeah. small, they look like conventional headphones, but they're planars. And now there's a bunch of people stepping into the planar market. So, well, I hold think, on a second. Uh, you just said something. I, I think. Would it be fair to say that you have like an Oppo loyalty? Because I know you really like their, you know, I've got the Sonica. You've got, you're reviewing their 4K player now. But like when they come out with something new, is it something that you're interested in because you know that brand? 
Yeah, not only do I know that brand, but I know their approach, which is quite extraordinary. And, um, you know, you remember how Oppo got its name? It's got its name from this inexpensive, universal DVD deck. And audiophiles somehow said, man, this is like a $300 deck that the audio on it sounds fantastic. I mean, it sounds better than some very, very expensive units. And right. so it was it, a DVD it, player that you put in your yeah, home theater yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Right. And and Oppo never thought of that, by the way. I mean, when you talk to Jason Lau, who's one of the greatest people alive and one of the great people of audio, he said, you know, that wasn't their intention. Their intention was really focused on the video side. Was that the by and, the way, the B D one oh five or something? Is that what it is? You know, don't do that to me. I can't remember. That's not fair. But it, well, I'm but cool. you're, but you know this. I think it is. I think it's like the BD BDP 105 or. Well, the 105 came later because that was one of the universals. It was like a 93 or a 95. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they started off. Yeah. Right? They started off with uh, DVDs, then they went to Blu-ray, then they went to newer, you know, more massive Blu-rays. Now they're at 4K Blu-ray, but. Each time, the audio section got better. Did you just hear that, by the way? I did. I did. Okay. Um, for the listeners, I, I'm on a Mac. I turned off alert sounds, so i got to figure out where these alerts are coming from. That's quite all so right. So I will kill every good. app. That's to. good. But my point was is that you – we end up getting some brand loyalty. And I just wanted to get, get back to this box opening because we get back to um, – we get brand loyalty. And so I'm talking to William Klein, who's – you know, the, the director of Sonus Faber and Sonus Faber is not known for inexpensive anything. You know what I mean? Like their speakers are seven grand to who knows what, you know, they, they go out there. I shouldn't say they start at seven grand. They start a lot lower as we're about to find out. But we said what they're thinking is how do we get people to experience what this feels like to have a Sonus Faber, you know, uh, speaker in your house without breaking the bank. And so we, put together this really cool system, which um, is, and I'd never had a turntable, so I'm going to lean on your expertise for this, because I've literally never owned a turntable, but they sent a Project Essential 3 turntable. It's 299 bucks. They sent a Maya integrated amplifier, which is 499 bucks, and one pair of Principia 1 loudspeakers, which are $549. They're bookshelves, and it's just the kit. The the uh, the Mia integrated. And by the way, if you guys want to see the unboxing, it's on the Beginner Audiophile Instagram page as well as the Beginner Audiophile um, Facebook group and Facebook page. So I shared it to all those things. You guys you can check some of this stuff out. But it's this killer little kit. It's just a little over a thousand bucks. And I'm not. I don't want to get into the full review because it's not for this show. But I will say that I. In my bedroom, I have the currently the Elax that we've talked about a million times, the debut B6 in there, which I've loved and I've talked about a million times. And I plugged these these Sonus Fobbers in, and I was like, what am I hearing right now? It was a different universe of quality. I had no I had no expectation that that would happen because I'm such a fan of these Elax. And then I looked and said, oh, these are twice the price as the Elax, so they better be this good. But they are... I mean, unbroken in, right out of the box, phenomenal. And I can't wait to fully set up this, this system with the, with the record player and with the integrated amplifier. Um, 
and these Principia loudspeakers. So super, super excited about that kit. And um, I hope you will help me, Harris, when it comes time to how to set up a record player because it's, it's, uh, it's not like... It's not regular. I don't know if maybe we can do it in person if you're still in town. You know, that'd be fun. So anyway, that was my unboxing. And I'm very, very excited to really dig in and listen to these things. Um, have you had any Sonus Faber experience in your life? Just it shows. But, you know, it's interesting. I'm looking at the specs for the Maya. And for our listeners, it's spelled M-A-I-A with a capital M, lowercase a-i, uppercase a and it stands for my audio integrated amplifier. And, you know, one of the coolest things about it is that it's actually got a built-in 24-bit, 192 kilohertz stack. Hmm. It's also got a built-in headphone amplifier. And it hmm. also streams music, right? Yeah, And it's Bluetooth? got a moving magnet. Yeah, it's got a, a moving magnet phono stage input. It's got three analog line level inputs. It's got an asynchronous USB input, a digital coax input two Toslink inputs, and finally, a wireless AppX lossless Bluetooth input. So, yeah, it's got a lot of stuff. Know, for the money, this is a lot of stuff. It's using um, a Class D amplifier tech um, design called the Flying Moles. <laughs> it sounds like a Monty Python, but um, it's 25 watts per channel. It's 37 watts per channel at 4 ohms. And um, and this is um, this is a really interesting, interesting product and, and the price is what four hundred dollars um yeah I, he showed uh four four ninety nine i think is what it's at yep four ninety nine retail so i'm so, sure you can get it so for this cheaper. is a, so this is a product that does just about everything you could want to do in a stereo it does streaming it's a dac so you can use it as a high quality decoder right yep you can use it as a headphone amplifier it's got a good chunk of you know, change in terms of audio, you know, amplification to handle some speakers. And and then you could hook up a turntable. I mean, what? how cool is that yeah. for 500 bucks? It's pretty and it's awesome. small and it's attractive too. Yeah. And I've got the audio, um, I've got another, I've got the Rialto 600 um, right now that's in my bedroom system. So that's what I've heard these speakers out of, which I think that Rialto has significantly more punch. It's about, about 100 watts per channel for that one. So it may not be fair to compare the two in that respect, but I'm going to set this uh, system up just on its own first. And then I was baking off the um, Elax versus the, uh, the Sonus Faber this morning, literally just pulling the cables out and putting them back and forth. And I'm like, I need to get a switcher so I can just switch back and forth on the fly and hear the difference between the two right away. And I know that's not like ideal and there's better ways to do that, but when you get them really back to back, I can I feel like I can get more uh, data. Anyway, super excited about those speakers and the gear, and like you said, the specs on that little guy look awesome. So hopefully the sound is as good. Um, so I'm and this that the um, the back and forth is something I I wanted to talk about today, which is how to audition gear. So, you know. One cool thing that I think is fairly unique to this industry is that most places will allow you to bring gear home and plug them into your system and listen to them for a while. And, I, and some of the online places like the SVSs of the world that do all online sales, they'll let you bring the thing home for like 90 days and listen to it. And if you don't like it, they'll, they'll take it back. Uh, so 
I'm trying to think of other industries that are quite that good, other than maybe the mattress industry. It's the only one I can think of that allows you to like sleep on it for three months. And if you don't like it, you can send it back. But um, what's what's your typical process for auditioning gear? Uh, let's say let's say stereo gear versus headphones. Although I guess maybe it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, and and I think the first thing. I need to say is that you have to make it somewhat easy to do this. And so mm. I had this older Ikea, you know, TV stand that had all these slots and having cables running around through the back of it was a huge pain. Mm. And last this summer I went to Ikea, I got Ivar shelving, which is their kind of a classic pine shelving with metal edges. It's very, very rigid. And I built a nice rack with about seven shelves, which means that it's very easy to pull out a component, plug in a component. You can use the same cables. You can use the same, you know, power cables usually. So I think part of this process is to make it easy on yourself and not feel like you're going to be cursing all day at trying to snake a cable somewhere. And, um, I love and that. if you have a simple system that's, you know, yeah. so, because a lot this, of people you know, have their stuff like in a have... cabinet and it's all buried in the back and they've got to get behind the TV and all that stuff. So it sort of it makes sense to have a like a rack that's dedicated for your own audio or something. Right. And it doesn't have to be fancy or expensive. You know, the Ikea stuff is that's like seven dollars a shelf and then you build your own sides. And so something like that is really wonderful. Just put it up. You can reconfigure it for different height, you know, kind of components. So that's the first thing. And that and, and I didn't do that until this year. And mm. it really made a difference. So just starting off that way. Secondly, is it depends on the speakers. Are you using speaker stands? Are they bookshelves? I've been auditioning bookshelf speakers, so I've set up a space on bookshelves, also the same IKEA Ivar shelves, which makes it very easy for me to pull a speaker out, pop another speaker in, and instantly get a sense of the difference between them. Now, mm. I do have colleagues that put speakers next to each other or one on top of each other, more or less, you know, different heights, and then you can instantly audition between B. But even that's kind of sketchy because there's usually a two-foot difference. You may or may not be on center. But I think the key here is if you're working with speakers is, A, as you unbox them, check them for damage. Mm. Sounds really rudimentary, but speakers have a fair amount of weight in the magnet structures and the voice coils, and they get damaged in shipping. And so I've had a couple that had to go back right away because they rattled as soon as I turned them on. You know, it's not like it's like losing oil in your car. Your engine's not going to get better, you know. So, you know, examine that component when you start off. Make sure that there's no damage to the box, you know. Then as you unpack it, um, I tend to take very careful care of all the packaging. It's kind of ridiculous, but I have a garage full of every box for every audio component because there's another part of this, which is if you ship that component back by UPS or FedEx for repair, right? They, they void their insurance, by the way, if it's not an original packaging. Mm. So if you that. have that amp and you wrap it up in bubble wrap and you stick it in a box, they can actually deny you damage claims because it wasn't in the original packaging. I, so I keep everything as well. I know well. it turns everybody into... I know it's 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 the it's the part two of the hoarders show, which is audio files and boxes for everything, right? Yeah, I I have I mean all my but, speakers so, and subwoofers so and everything are, are all I keep everything. Right, and it's also good, you know, if you have to not use them, you can pack them up in plastic and you know, keep them clean. But okay, so that's just logistics out of the way. Then I like to think, where am I going to listen to them? Because 
you know, that's one of the things I've learned from going to audio shows is I have heard amazing things in a perfectly set up room. But, you know, there aren't that many people who have perfectly set up rooms. Generally, you have a room that you share. You share it with the television. You share it with your family. You share it with everybody in the household. And so I am try to be realistic about how a speaker sounds where you're actually going to listen. And speaker manufacturers are pretty good about that. When you, when you look at the Wharfdale line, for instance, they have all these iterations of the Wharfdale diamonds. They, they get taller. There's more speakers. They get bigger. And when you say, what's the difference? In one hand, they say, well, there's no difference. They're all designed to sound the same. Then you say, well, then why would I pay 500 bucks for a speaker instead of 300? They say, oh, because it's designed for a larger room and there's more bass extension. So I guess they really don't sound the same. And so I think sometimes I find, I don't know about you, and I think our listeners, if you go to some speaker manufacturer's website and you look at the number of models they have, it's very confusing to think, well, should I get the biggest of the low-end speaker or should I get a smaller of the next higher-up speaker, right? And I had a friend who said, it's kind of like when you see people go into a car dealership. You can buy a Honda Civic. It's a great car, has a great engine, great tires, great brakes, and basically nothing changes, but you can take that $15,000 car and make it $40,000 by you know, adding bells and whistles, better brakes, better tires, better engine, but it's still a Honda Civic. So at some right. point you go, well, maybe I should move up to the Honda Accord, right? And I honestly think that's really confusing. When I go to these shows, I go, like, which one should I choose? I don't really understand the matrix. And, right. And well, I think well, it, it's, like, audio, it's like, is it, is it a high-end Honda or a low-end BMW? Right? Or a low-end right. Ferrari or <laughs> Porsche or whatever. It's like there's a... And, I could sort of make that argument between the two speakers that I just talked about, which is the Elax and then the Sonus Faber, which is the Elax would be kind of a a high-end Civic, and the Sonus Fabers are kind of a low-end Ferrari. Like they're, you know, it, it they feel different right out of the gates um, because you know but, that— how big a difference in— Go ahead, say that I was again. Say, how big a difference in price is there? They're, they're about— Dub, well, let's see. So the Elax are what, two, uh, 300 bucks, 289 for the debut B6s, I think. And these are, the other ones are five, 550. So they're about twice the price. Okay, so we're really going from like a Civic to an Accord. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But but again, I feel like I'm, at least in this case, and again, I'm not trashing Elac at all because I think they're amazing, yeah. bang for the buck. Uh, uh, when I, you know, and what I was doing just as I was auditioning them, I was literally pulling the the positive and negative. I have the banana clips on there, so it's easy just to pull them out of the back of the the speakers and just going back and forth and just listening. Um, and then I even to my girlfriend, I didn't even I didn't tell her anything about anything. I just I take took one of the speakers off, like I literally shut down one of the speakers. And I said, and I, we were playing a track, and I just kept connecting the one to the to the you know, um, I just kept firing one than the other and then one than the other and one and the other. So she could hear the difference. She's like, well, that one has more bass. And I go, yeah, but listen to the quality of the bass versus, yes, it did. It. Like the Elacs have more boom. They're, they're a bigger woofer, but they're also way muddier. So the bass that was going for the Sonus Fabers was there, but 
way more defined. And then the the mids and highs were in a different world altogether. Like they were they were spectacular. So I just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it made me think. You know, if I'm going to be doing these bake offs, I'm sure I can find a switch that is sort of high end that I could plug two pairs of speakers in and switch back and forth, just like they do at the audio store. You know, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so or yeah, the, okay. So or high the end. other option. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the other option is most amplifiers have a speaker A and a speaker B set, so just run duplicate cables and just use the amplifier to do the speaker selection. Can you do that? And, is that a thing? and what that does is it, oh yeah, absolutely. And then what it does is it removes from your process, even a switcher, which some people claim might color the sound. Right. That's what I, I was trying I, to I avoid. Really think that, but, but yeah, you can just literally most, you know, especially home theater systems, they'll have up to four different speakers that you can select. So you can just put two sets of cables, select speaker one, speaker two, you can even do it from your remote control sometimes, so you can sit and not have to even physically get up. So I think that's an effective strategy. But, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you when you were auditioning the two different speakers is when I was talking to Andrew Jones about, you know, his speakers, he said, well, they're bookshelves, but they're not really designed to be on a bookshelf. Hmm. They're designed to be on a stand. Right. Whereas the Wharfdale diamonds that I... Whereas the Wharfdale Diamonds that I reviewed, they're bottom ported. It's kind of an interesting design, but if you imagine, if you're looking at the speaker and you see the front of it, underneath the speaker, there's a gap, and that's the port, and it projects forward. Mm. So I found that they sound great on, a, on an actual bookshelf with books around it, whereas other speakers, like the Pioneer, um, the Pioneers that Andrew Jones um, designed a few years before he created ELAC, those are rear-ported speakers, very similar to the Elacs, and those did not sound great on a bookshelf, but they sounded great on a set of pedestals. Hmm. So I think that you have to look at the placement and the speaker design. And then, of course, I've discovered that the bookshelf speakers, generally, you can't angle them. You know, you, you stick them on a bookshelf, they tend to be flush to the edge of the bookshelf because you have books up against them. Right. Sometimes you can angle them in. Um, certainly with a bookshelf that's flexible, you can get a height to where you want it. So, But angling them makes a huge difference. A lot of speakers, they really need a very narrow you know, spot where you need to sit. Think about it in terms of the new modern curved televisions where yeah. they look great if you're in the right spot. They don't look very good if you're a couple of off, you know? So right. the, now some speakers claim to fame. I think when you start to talk to people who design speakers – some speaker manufacturers and designers, they're, they're really conscious of this. They're conscious of the fact that not everybody is going to be able to put their favorite chair in the middle of the room, blocking everything else to get to the sweet spot. So there are speaker designers who design for a wider dispersal pattern without a sweet spot. And I think it kind of behooves you to kind of suss that out a little bit and say, do these things really benefit from being, you know, tilted and aimed toward the listener, or do they work if they're flat, parallel to the back wall, parallel to the listening wall, and do they cover more people? Let's say three people on a couch, it sounds good too, as opposed to the person only in that seat. Right. Yeah, that, I mean, for sure. I, I think that, so we always say bookshelf, and 95% of bookshelf speakers in the audiophile world are not on bookshelves. They're on speaker stands. And so bookshelf is that, you know, 
the nom it's the nomenclature more than anything, right? It's just the it's it's what we call a smaller speaker. Um, these uh, Sonus Faber speakers I'm talking about actually have a bottom port as well, and my so I've got the Elax now on some foam um, risers on on my uh, they're like studio monitor stands that are isolation stands um, that are you know because they're sort of sitting on a an armoire and and then now the uh, the Sonus Faber actually have their own rubber um, kind of foam base and then they have a, a port right on the, on the bottom uh, right in the middle i was very surprised by them continually um by the way i'm looking right now on amazon and for 120 bucks there's a uh two-way amplifier speaker selector switch with really nice high-end banana clips on the back you know how some of them just have the little cheapies that you plug in these things allow you to plug like real speaker wires in so maybe i'll get that and invest it in the uh you know, it'll be the show investment that we can use to bake off speakers back and forth. Um, do you listen to a certain uh, certain tracks to test your speakers, like a, a group? Yeah, absolutely. I have. I, I personally have a title playlist called um, uh, "System uh, System Tuning Songs" or "System Test Songs," and so I have about thirty tracks in there, many of which we've already talked about on the shows. And uh, I, I will always listen to those first, and then we'll explore other options after that. Well, I tend to try and use high-res files simply because I think they represent the latest and greatest remastering. I, I have a lot of issues about whether I can honestly tell the difference between a 24-bit 96K file and a regular CD, because sometimes it's really... If you do blind testing, it's really hard to tell the difference. Yeah. Other times it's more pronounced. The old rule, you know, if you go back to the 70s of Crazy Eddie selling speakers <laughs> in New York was you should always go to an right? You should always go to a stereo store with your own music that right. you're familiar with. Because that's, you know, you kind of you kind of all of a sudden go, "Wow, I never heard that before." Or, "Wow, that sucks." Right. <laughs> so, and the and the other trick for auditioning speakers is and this was an old sales technique which is we always prefer a louder speaker it's it's mm. it's it's psychologically even a 10 percent difference you can show that people will purchase a louder speaker and so it was not uncommon at all in the days of you know cal stereo or the different audio stores was you walked in you heard a speaker and then they'd say here let me switch to this other speaker usually typically the house brand where they get a cut and they'll gently tweak the volume control when you're not when you don't know about it and it sounds louder right and people almost always prefer louder so i think wow. one of the other things to think about when you listen is hey you know really pay attention to it if you really want to be tweaky you can get small you know audio audiometers little tiny things the size of a pen light that measure your decibels and you can actually quickly go okay this one is this loud this one's this loud and as part of auditioning a speaker, there's a geeky part of it, which is that you can always find course, you can always find content that is standard. So, for instance, Chesky Records has this fantastic thing for anybody listening to headphones, and it has all the test tones, it has music, it has people walking in the room from the left to the right to the front to the rear. 
And the test tones are really useful in ascertaining levels and hearing the difference. Same thing. There are audio file setup disks or files that you can download, which will give you, you know, this speaker, this speaker, and you can hear the difference. If you have an AV receiver, any decent AV receiver over about 300 bucks comes with a microphone. Okay. And it comes with software that maps the room. And so, it, like, even on my Pioneer SC71, which is a good but not amazingly expensive unit, you just use your remote control, which, by the way, um, I'm not sure if most of realize the remote control of choice for all these systems is now your phone or your iPad. Because, mm. it, like, in the, in the Pioneer world, you can do much more with an iPad or a phone than you can with the remote control or even the front panel controls. So you should you should always look to see if they have an app. I will warn our listeners that the companies are terrible about this. You can go, I have an Android. I go to, I go to Android. There's like 10 versions of the Pioneer software, none of which tell you which is the newest and the best one for your equipment. Mm. So then you have to look at all developer notes and figure out, oh, this one works and this one doesn't. So right. that all of that software allows you to actually do test tones. So mm. you can go in and say, give me a test tone. Give me a test tone, and you can sit and listen and go, you know, that left one sounds louder, that right one sounds lower. Hmm. Or this Maybe we should make a beginner audio louder. file. Maybe yeah. we should make a beginner audio file app that has all the test tones on it. That'd be fun. Wouldn't be that yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, by Paul the way, Bill Gates, he's, he's a good coder. <laughs> um, I just I just Googled on, there's a thing on a soundboard.com, um, the thing called audio, audio file test sounds. And it's 11 tracks. You can buy for five bucks. And it's frequency response, sweeping, burst, square waves, blue noise, brown noise, pink noise, violet noise, white noise. I don't know what IMD SMPTE is uh, or IMD 7350, but um, I wonder if I can play that. What happens if I play it? See if these guys hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going through. And then this is SMPTE. Okay. So, yeah, I guess it, here's white noise, and I, I don't know if you can hear this, Harris. I, they can hear it on their end. But I, I'm not sure if I would know what to do any, with any of that stuff. But, um, I can hear it. You can hear it when I do that? Um, okay, good. And so then here's a, here's a yeah. burst. Yeah, I don't know what to do with that stuff, but it sounds cool. Um. But I love the idea of, of controlling the environment. The well, point is also, is that you're you're I, if we back out of it and say, look, have a have a procedure when you when you're auditioning speakers specifically, have a procedure. Have three or four songs that you're super used to. Have your hardware easy to change out, so be able to get around the back of your IVAR or your back of your system. Um, pay attention to the packaging so that you. You know, if you don't damage anything and, you know, because you may have to return it and someday you may move or someday you may sell the gear and it's actually better resale value if you have the original packaging. So factor all those things in as you listen. And then really the, it comes down, the bottom line is, does it sound better to your ears? You know, that's really, oh, and one other thing that I forgot about, um, speakers especially need to be broken in. Because when they're brand new, the surrounds are, you know, pretty tight around the woofers and things like that. So as we've been chatting today in my bedroom, 
um, those Sonus Fobbers are playing. They don't have to be cranking. They just have to be moving. Um, and that loosens them up, and you'll actually hear a difference, especially in the, the mids and bass response um, as they loosen up a little bit. So I don't, know, I don't know how long they tell you, maybe 100 hours or something like that until they're supposed to be perfect. But um, you will have a different experience when they're brand new versus when they're two months old, you know? And are, are, you, on, are you on board with that, by the way, Harris? I'm totally on board with it. One, um, one other recording that I think is really fabulous, and it's only been out a couple of years, you can get it from HD Tracks. There's a there's a an incredible kind of high res music lover jazz label called Two HD. What's it called? Two XHD. Two XHD. Two X. Right. And if you go to if you go to um, HD Tracks, and I just skyped you the link, they have something called the Audiophile High Res System Test. Ooh. And it has, and you can get it as a DSD file at 5.6 megahertz if you're really kind of in that uh, high-frequency mania. Um, you can get a DSD at 2.8, or you can get 192 24-bit. So oh, cool. I don't care what kind of DAC you have. So this will push it. It's like 25 bucks in the highest res, and it's got 70 tracks on it. Wow. 76 tracks. And it's got all the different test tones. So it's got everything from a 10 kilohertz bass to oh, yeah, look at that. all the way up to wow. something that will you know, drive the teenager. So this is a great, great way to listen to it. And it's got bells. It's got phasing. It's got some of their incredibly well-recorded music. Mm. Well, we'll put that in the show notes. So that link will be in the show notes, you guys. Um, if you guys want to download it, it's 25 bucks. It is uh, 76 tracks. And the last two are just what we just talked about, burn-in track presentation and burn-in track. So you could literally put that on repeat, and it'll burn in whatever you're testing, whether it's headphones or speakers or, you know, something. So cool, yeah, man. I think it's very cool. That's awesome. So hey, the other thing. I, oh, yep. Go ahead. The other thing I wanted to mention is when we audition stuff, you asked about favorite music. You know, I'm a rock and roller at heart, even though I grew up playing classical piano. Man, you know, put on a recent remastering of something that you love. You know, if you love cream, you know, you're going to hear bass in a way that you won't hear it. And the, I mentioned earlier, my son is a bass player. And until I literally for the last 21 years or the last 20 years, let's see, 15 years, 18 years, I don't know how long he's been a bass player, <laughs> but having a stand-up bass and having an electric basses throughout the house, it, it really reminded me of how bad bass is reproduced by audio. Yeah. I mean, because when you can hear a bass from three feet away and you can almost feel the rosin coming off the strings of a stand-up bass that becomes your measure of how good all this equipment is. And if it feels like it's an approximation of bass, if it feels like it's thump, 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 instead of that thump with that grit coming off of it, or if you hear a drum, if you hear somebody hitting a skin and it sounds like a thunk, as opposed to when you hear an actual drum, you hear that, you hear that thunk, but then you hear all these beautiful harmonics that leave the thunk. And there's other tones, you know, mm. it's like a good wine versus a cheap wine. So I think really the best way to audition speakers is to go listen to real music and then come back and see, does this sound like real music? Because if it sounds like yeah. an approximation, it's not really doing its job. 
I like that. It's funny. I think that's why they like the Ballad of the Runaway Horse by Jennifer Warren, because um, it's got a the it's got an upright bass, and you can really tune your system to that bass. Like once you start hearing the attack of the strings, and it's not all boomy and you know uh, muddled. If you can hear that attack and it's you get a distinct bass note, you know you're on the right uh, right track. And then for a snare drum, because I'm a drummer, um, "Sweet Emotion" by Aerosmith. And you can get the, I think, the master version of that. And I remember listening to that at, at Paul's house going, that sounds like a snare drum to me. Like it sounds like I was sitting there and hitting a snare drum. And that's when I, that's when you know it's pretty accurate. Um, let's let's uh, crank along here. Uh, you and I have spent, I would say, I've spent quite a bit of time, I'm assuming you have as well, with the One More USA quad driver in-ear, uh, their, their earbuds. And I'll tell you, at least on my end, I don't know that I've heard a better set of earbuds. These are these are 200 bucks. Um, we've done an unboxing video. We're huge fans of One More USA, especially because of the the bang for the buck. Um, the they are THX certified, which is crazy. Uh, I don't even know you could do that, but they're they're 200 dollars. Um, they have won more awards than I know how to shake a stick at. They are beautifully packaged, and I can't recommend them enough. Like, I think they're, to me, the best uh, in-ear, you know, headphones that I've ever heard. So what, what are your, what's your take? I think they're an incredible bargain. They sound real good. I'm talking to you now on them. Oh. And if the audio quality of my voice is good, it's, be, it's kind of a testament to how good their microphone is. Oh, that's cool. One thing you're probably not hearing is a lot of cable noise. Mm. And so even the choice of cable, I think it's a Kevlar wrap cable. It doesn't pass on a lot of noise. They, they're very comfortable, by the way. Um, the, they have a variety of three or four different sizes, I think, of you know, cushions for, your, for the headphones. They are beautifully packaged. And that's kind of an amazing thing because you know, when you go to audio shows and you look at some really expensive headphones, they they seem to be just thrown in a box with a Ziploc bag um, or earphones. Right. And one more has really made a point of looking at the, uh, the the presentation of it. Now, I'm not huge about it because once you take them out of the box, that's it. But they give you a beautiful little leather case with a magnetic clasp to hold them, which is a very nice practical thing. You don't have to thrash them. Um, I have thrashed these. My pair yeah. have been through the ringer. I've been I throw them in my laptop case, just in the in the neoprene with the computer. I pull them out. I left them in my pockets of jackets. I've left them in Gore-Tex. I've left them hiking. I've I've used them all kinds of places. I've yeah. used them at the beach. You know what? They're kind of bombproof. They're you know, and that's actually an important point because a lot of audiophile gear is great for the test bench and if you have white gloves on, but after that, not so durable. So I think not only are these really, really good sounding, and I think they're very neutral and they have a really lovely bottom end, um, I think they're also just great because they're reliable and easy to use and, I, and they don't tangle very much because of the cord design. And there's a couple of nice tricks. It, the, the, um, when you plug it into your computer, for instance, it's a right angle. Yes, connected. I love that. That way right? your, your pocket doesn't break the connector, which I've done before. Right. I think that's a brilliant little move. 
Um, there, I'm not a bling guy, you know. I, I don't wear jewelry. I don't have anything gold plated. Mm-hmm. So these are kind of a nice. Um, they're kind of a nice platinum with a matte finish with this really beautiful discreet little red band, and um, and they have an offset design, so they're really comfortable. So I think on a lot of just the physical parts of it, they really got it right. The only thing that I had a little bit of a problem was when I got them, I felt they were way too bassy. I felt like mm. they were mushy and bassy. And so what I did is I plugged them in to an amplifier, <laughs> an oppo, by the way, and, uh, and I let them run for the weekend. And then I let them run for like three more days. And then I listened to the same tracks again, and it was just beautiful. It was like that bass was gone, the mud was gone. And I talked to Ari over at, um, one more about this. And he said, yeah, I agree with you. They're a little bassy out of the box. Give them a little break in and they really, they open up. You still have the bass, but you don't have that kind of boominess and muddiness. And so it's another example of when you're auditioning stuff. Yeah. Break in matters. You know? Yeah. They have, they have an app actually, a one more USA app that, that comes along and it has a uh, break in setting. So you can just literally set it and it will, it will send test signals and break in, to the speaker like you can you could do it overnight or do it whenever you want to and it'll it'll break them in which is cool um they are all aluminum which i really like uh which is the reason why they're so bomb proof i've definitely had situations before where um the 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 part that the neoprene or the silicone tip goes on has broken off because it's plastic or carbon or something like that and you know they make a big deal out of them being carbon which is awesome but sometimes that you can smush it um but speaking of carbon the driver the drivers inside are carbon. Um, They're all aluminum. They're totally compatible. One thing I love about them is that, and I don't understand why the industry doesn't do this all the time, which is they've got a microphone built in to them. And you see a lot of these high-end audio shows, they don't include microphones because they feel like, oh, these are just for listening. And I'm like, what about practical use? What if I just want to wear these throughout the course of the day and listen to my music and make some phone calls? So they've got a great, uh, <clears throat> great microphone. It controls Android and Apple devices, which is great. And uh, like you said, great gift box, leather traveling case, nine different ear tip sizes. They have quarter inch and airline adapters and then a a clip for your shirt. So while you're walking, it doesn't, you know, rub on your uh, zipper and create noise in the um, in the line. My only complaint, and it's not sonically, is that they 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 tangle for me. I haven't figured out how to wrap them in a way that they don't really tangle, and it's like I'm, I need third-party support to try to untangle them. Um, although I will say they tangle less than the triples do, and I'm talking to you on the triples right now. So, But I think they're amazing. They're 200 bucks. If you go to their website, which is onemoreusa.com, it's the number one, and look at their headphones. They're the only world's first THX certified headphones, which is cool. But just look at the reviews. They've got literally all five-star reviews except for one guy, and he blamed his Xbox. He was like, yeah, my Xbox doesn't have good sound. And I'm like, well, why, why are you blaming that on the speakers? So I think they're great. Um, I don't know that you could go wrong by, uh, by grabbing them at onemoreusa.com. Uh, if you do, let them know that we sent you because uh, we like each other. You know, we're, we're fans, and we were fans of One More USA there in San Diego, so I was able to go and check them out and – I love what they're doing. I love how they're designing their products and their packaging and uh, all, all big win for me for these. And I also want to pl- put a plug in for their other 
they make some wonderful headphones too. They make some really lovely Bluetooth over the ear headphones yeah. that are also represent a good bargain. But yeah, I we've think talked about is... those on this very uh, this very podcast. The uh, MK eight hundred twos. We've reviewed those on this podcast before your time, Harris. Oh my god! Pre it was PH. It was pre Harris. <laughs> yeah, but they're really well, good. The other thing I, I thought would be worth mentioning, other than the fact that the uh, quad, the, the two triple drivers, I think, or the two drivers are available on the Costco website for like, it's got to be the greatest bargain in the world. But are they know, really this is a, less, yeah. than, less than 70 bucks? I don't know. I, but I, I was kind of amazed actually to see them there. Um, but um, I think that, you know, a product like one more, you know, enters into a, an incredibly crowded space. There are more earphones than one can imagine out there. But I think there's a combination of really good marketing and they're really good marketers. I think part of the marketing was really thinking about presentation and thinking about the way they feel in the hand, the way the accessories look, the way the box looks. And I think that carries through to the attention, not only to audio, but to the physical side of these earphones. And so I do think they represent a really good deal and uh, the best thing is, from an audio standpoint, last time I talked about this Chaco Pistorius, you know, kind of restoration and resurrection by 2X HD. They sounded great on that. They sounded great on Jethro Tull. They sounded great on Maria Callas. Mm. They're really a nice, flexible earphone. They don't, they're not bass heavy. So I think if you're somebody who thinks that a pair of Beats is the way to go, this isn't your headphone, your earphone. Yeah, but I these think are more if you accurate. Want something yeah, it's but it's also not sterile, you know? I mean, there's a lot of great headphones and earphones that are accurate to the point of sterility. You know, they're like the perfect bureaucrat's dream. You know, they they meet all the specs. They just don't necessarily sound very exciting. Hmm. So, um, so, so, yeah, I think they're really nice in terms of that musical, you know, range. You're, you're, you weren't kidding, first of all. Um, I just looked on Costco, and I searched for one more. So the number one, then M-O-R-E, they've got the dual drivers. So these, these things retail... For sixty nine ninety nine, they're the ones we gave away on Instagram, um, but they've got it for thirty seven ninety nine on Costco. And they've got the triples, which is what I'm that are in my earballs right now, which are normally a hundred bucks, and they're sixty five dollars on Costco. So that is a bargain. I, if I I would run, I would grab the triples right away. They're just that's a that is a great great uh, price for those things. So. So you need eight pairs for Hanukkah, at least one or two pairs for Christmas. Easter eggs, you could put a set of the doubles in those with no problem. I mean, you really have this all covered. I think yeah. it's great. They are uh, – this is a great bargain. Um, anyway, props to One More USA. Um, let's get into our pick, picks of the week. So I was in Vegas over the weekend and – or over the week, I guess – and my buddy, and I feel like I'm way out of the loop here, and that's a pun, because I had never heard of the band Dirty Loops. Are you familiar with them? Dirty Loops. No, no they are. sounds like something you could be arrested for. It totally does. They are three dudes from, are they from Holland or something? They're from some cool Eastern European company or country, and they're just a trio the, the, the lead singer has this crazy voice where he can hit everybody. He can hit the highest of Maroon 5 or Justin Bieber or whatever. And they've got, you know, the bass player looks like he should be in a, like a, a punk band. 
And then the drummer, it looks like a surfer. And they're beast mode. They are phenomenal musicians. And they got their start because they did a Justin Bieber cover on YouTube. And it got 7 million views. And I'm just, I'm hearing this third party. So if, if this isn't totally accurate, you can yell at me. Um, they did this cover. And then literally got a phone call that said, hey, um, we're, we want to, uh, we want to, you know, sign your band. And they're like, we're not a band. Like, we, we don't do anything. It was just a Justin Bieber cover that we did. And um, now they're a big whoop. But I was listening to their music. It is so well produced. And the stuff rips. It's kind of, it's kind of in the snarky puppy vein a little bit. There's, it's sort of pop meets jazz. So... What they're doing is they got famous because they've taken really popular artists like Rihanna and uh, Adele and Justin Bieber, and they've re they've done modern rearrangements of their songs with this sort of fusiony jazz pop thing that they're doing, and they're, it's killer. So the music's great, the mixing is great, the whole you know if you want to, if you want something that sounds great on your system. Uh, they are called Dirty Loops. So go check them out. They're on Tidal. They're on YouTube. You can go check out their original 7.5 million download YouTube video where they covered this Justin Bieber song. And you go, all right, yeah, they're pretty good. And then you see that it's they're rippers. So Dirty Loops is my pick of the week. And uh, definitely check them out. What about what you, what you got, kid? Well, you know, one of the nicest companies out there is a company called Sonic Studio. And Sonic Studio. Sonic Studio, and they're um, they make some wonderful products, but among them is some playback software called Amara, A M A R R A, and and this is kind of an interesting thing because good playback software used to be, you know, four or five hundred dollars, you know, without blinking. What do you mean by and playback now, software? Well, like so, let's say you have some music on your computer and you want to listen to it. Typically. Okay. If you're a Mac or even a PC, you might use iTunes. iTunes is pretty good software, but it's not great. And you can upgrade to different software to play your music. And there's a bunch of companies that make it. Um, Sonic Studio and Amar is one of the best known. I also use a, um, a shareware product called Decibel. Uh, there's a whole slew of apps out there. And um, anyway... Amara is one of those programs that has gone through a whole series of versions, and their latest version is, I mean, they start at 49 bucks. I mean, and it's really, you're talking world-class software. So they just introduced um, Amara 4, and it starts at, I think it's only $49, and then they have Amara 4 Lux, which adds some different features to it. So Amara 4 Lux is $99, and Amara 4 is I think um, about half that, mm. and they also have um, they also have some software designed specifically for streaming music called SQ, and that's all it's designed for is to make streaming music sound better, and that's also forty nine dollars. So it's not you know it's not a huge amount of money. If you have previous versions, they have a really attractive upgrade path, saves you some bucks, but um, but I think. People should pay attention to software, and they have a free trial. So you can download the trial. You can listen. It's fine. Um, you have a great, um, you know, you have, a, you have a, a really powerful tool. But, um, yeah, I, I think that 
people should pay attention to that. And, and it takes the place of iTunes. None of these apps that I've used have as quite as good an organizational feel as iTunes. Although, you know, there's a product called Swinzian for the, for the Mac, which takes the place of iTunes. And it's like using iTunes from 10 years ago. Like it's what? not, it's great. When it was intuitive. Swinzian. Yeah. yeah, it's back. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, you can actually see song titles. And, right. you know, they, they murdered it, the iTunes interface uh, over the last few years. It's just horrible. It's terrible. So Swinzian is an independent attempt. And also Swinzian plays high-res files, hmm. which is important because iTunes will not play FLAC files. It will not play files above right. a certain depth. Swinzian does, Amara does, Decibel does. You know, there's a whole slew of software. But I think Amara 4 just came out. Um, I would be taking a look at it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, it sounds wonderful. It's very open. It has a lot of features. It's got, um, it'll do title streaming now. So, you know, you formerly had this kind of audio only experience, but now everybody's, you know, given into title. You've, you know, and by the way, remember that for 99 bucks, you can get an, a DSP, a DAC from audio, audio engine that has MQA unfolding. So if you combine a $99 DAC with a $49 piece of software, you've got a pretty amazing system for right. 150 bucks, right? right? So so Amara 4 will do cool. DST, it'll do Tidal, it'll even do IRC. So IRC is room correction. We talked about oh, wow. auditioning. You can get a microphone, you can set it up, you, it can even handle you know, equalizing your room, and it's pretty slick. The interface has gotten much, much less audiophile driven and much more uh, consumer driven in terms of the GUI. It's much more easier to navigate. It's more attractive. Makes a lot more sense to listen to music. Um, and it plays DSD. It does WAVE. It does Apple. It does AF. It does ALAC files. It does MP3, FLAC, you name it. Reminds me so, of Plex a little. Uh, I'm looking at the interface now and it kind of reminds me of Plex a little bit. Yeah. But. Um, cool. Well, that, is it pretty easy to set up and, and use and oh, and plug yeah. in? You just, just you just direct it towards a folder full of your music, and then it looks like does it get um, the the track cover art and stuff? It goes out onto the web and gets that kind of stuff for you. Yeah. Cool. And one of the one of the cool things that you're going to see in an upcoming version, which we haven't heard yet. I, I saw the demo when I was at um, in Los Angeles. There's this guy named Darren Fong who has created this approach to giving you surround sound in your headphones. Mm. So Amara has announced they partnered with Darren Fong Audio to create something called the Amara HX headphone processor. So mm. it's going to be software that creates a surround sound experience on your headphones or earphones. So I think pay attention to that. Cool. That could be a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, I think pick of the week, I'd go for Amara, Amara 4 or Amara 4 Lux. Cool, man. Um, guys, that will do it for this episode of Beginner Audio File. Uh, I hope Harris and I will be able to get together before he heads back to the East Coast. Uh, when, do you, when do you go back, by the way? I go back this Friday. Oh, and, then that'll um, be a no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I'd That's, like to. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll catch we'll catch next week. Um, it's totally my fault that this show got delayed, so I apologize for you guys. I, I've been traveling for two weeks, and I have one more week to go. So we will um, hopefully connect and, and get back on our regular schedule again, which is supposed to be every other Tuesday. But, uh, but hopefully by then I'll have some – I'll be able to set this 
project system up and and maybe we'll talk about how to set up a, a, a turntable next time. And maybe you can walk me through that, Harris. How's that sound? I think it's great. I think the first thing you need to do. Don't tell is, me now. Tell me on the next no. show. No, the first thing you got to do is you got to go hang out in Goodwill and go to thrift stores and look for garage sales. Literally start... right now, that's what I'm doing. I'm literally yeah. going to Goodwill after we stop doing the show to go see if I can grab at least one record that I can go listen to. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and the old visual thing, pull it out. And if you, if it looks like it's sparkly new and never been played, there's a good chance it's sparkly new and never been played. Okay. And um, and. You know, you can find albums for 25 cents, and if you go to people's homes, you know, for garage sales, you can find some amazing things that have never been opened or still have the shrink wrap on them. Um, and so, yeah, that my first choice would be, before I set up the turntables, go out and find something to put on the turntable. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly my move. So, all right, guys, uh, beginner audio file at Instagram. Do you have Instagram yet, Harris? Is it time? It's time, buddy. You're a photographer. Yeah. I know. Come on. I know. You're a tech guy and a photographer. We, no. All right. Everybody write and tell Harris that he has to get on Instagram. <laughs> um, your, regular, um, your regular gig, your regular... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Your regular, you know... Day job? Day job, if you will. Um, Mac Edition Radio. So go, go find Harris on Mac Edition Radio and uh, see what he's up to, nerding out with Mac stuff. And uh, yeah, get on it. Come on, dude. You're a photographer, and that's where you're supposed to be. Instagram. Um, and also, I've set up a new page on Facebook that is the Beginner Audio File community. So definitely join us in that group and share systems with us. And let's talk some audio file. And of course, on the regular Facebook as well is the Beginner Audio File page, which we finally broke 100, you know, uh, likes. Hooray. Um, okay, guys, peace out. Listen to some good audio. And uh, thanks, Harris. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for listening to Beginner Audiophile. For gear giveaways and answers to your questions, join our mailing list at beginneraudiophile.com. Tag pictures of your audio setup to at beginneraudiophile on Instagram. Until next time, keep experiencing great music.